0: everyone, and welcome to uh, in- Interviews with Ring. I'm Alexander, your host, and today I'm with someone I can't describe. I'm a huge fan of. Justin Pearson of Dead Cross, the locust Death club Target planet. I so many projects to go on.
1: Uh,
0: man, how are you? I- I'm decent, thanks, man. Thanks so much for doing this. I'm, I'm a huge fan, man, honestly. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I want to start with Death Club. This band is fucking insane. So uh, my question is, what was the inspiration behind productive disruption, and because this album is just extreme and so
1: exciting. Probably too long of, a, of an explanation, but it's a pretty new band. So we were kind of just still figuring out what to do. We got a new second guitar player, Tommy Meehan, who's just impeccable at guitar playing and kind of stepped it up as far as like technical ability. And then also just like sounds because he's got a lot of pedals and stuff. So I think that's part of the the, the shift. And then also like we had just started the going into the pandemic, uh, the, the start of the pandemic. And so I think all the like social anxiety and just like weird worldly stuff that we were dealing with kind of factored into the the album. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's all. I guess that's like in a nutshell what what went into it. Change of lineup. The planet is kind of was kind of getting some shit sorted out, and then and then the record happened.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, because like, I managed to have a listen to the members like other band, and
1: it's very versatile in sound. Yeah, kind of they are really yeah.
0: different sounds from this band, which really
1: impressed me. Well, I mean, I, I would hope that like anybody's body of work can change depending on the players and, and stuff like that, you know, and also, yeah, I think, I think also like, yeah, the, the players could change the body of work or the sound, I guess. And then also I think evolution in in, in, its, in its own thing is good or, you know, growth or whatever you want to call it. So I, all of those kind of factored in to, to what, what's going on with the band. Yeah, man. Like it, again, it's such
0: a good album. I'm still listening to it after the release date because I'm obsessed with it. It's just, it's
1: very good. I mean, I appreciate you saying that. It's it's funny though, because as a band, like we, we kind of don't like about half of the record, maybe mm-hmm. even more. Uh, I, I think I think we're still trying to figure out like uh what is accurate and acceptable for us. Mm-hmm. So we have a new EP that comes out on the sixth of May, and that that one's more in line with what we want to do or where we're going. So it's it's changing a little bit more. It's it's maybe less absurd, um, but it's still as absurd. I don't know how to explain it. It's just it's different. There's a there's a bit of a shift. Oh, yeah, It it's always the new yeah it's it's online to, to be purchased Everything everything. it's called bad songs forever even the artwork is a big shift too i i, I think <clears throat> um this guy paul rentler this artist paul rentler who we teamed up with to do the art really um like him and i were able to really hone in on this idea um i'm pretty sure we're gonna get sued by gene simmons at some point because he's on the cover but you know it um anyhow it's it's a it, i appreciate you liking our lp but i i think it's not that great i i feel yeah. like I feel like we're going to be good better soon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, man, I think with the time out with the pandemic, it didn't really help. You know what I mean? Because no one was on the studio together. So, like, I can get why you wouldn't be happy with
1: it. Well, yeah, it, it's it's that's an interesting point because in the in the thick of it, like when all that was happening, we were still kind of recording and mixing the record. It did. There was a, a, a obvious sense of uh, um, instability or or like I I don't know. Like I just it was it was like, are we gonna play again? Are is music gonna exist? Is the are humans gonna exist? You know, like there was all these things that we did. and this is also too. Right around the time when um, the Black Lives Matter protests really kind of started happening. So there was a lot of social unrest and there was added anxiety like on top of each other. You know, there's like the regular shit and then there's like the pandemic and then there's the the social injustice protesting, you know, whatever. Like it just it just got kind of crazy. So so I think um, I think part of it felt like we maybe weren't focused which is I guess understandable But also part of it felt like we were I do think we kind of were just like "Wow, well, Let's just get the record out And and also in context of the pressing plants Like everybody was manufacturing vinyl And it, it seemed longer and longer Before you can get an album out So we were just like Fuck let's just do this now You know I think sure. I think it could have been I think it could have been written A little bit better Yeah well my, Like
0: you've got a unique vocal style And I don't need to tell you that Because it's very I don't It's like I'm a big fan of hardcore like you You know It's just such a fucking awesome genre in general <laughs> You know but Your vocal style was so unique it in itself. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the beauty of punk fund. Yeah, no one knows what they're doing, they just go for it. Man.
1: Yeah. Uh <laughs> so, yeah.
0: So like uh I watched the video of the first like Death Club show back in LA and it looked fucking insane. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: that looked insane. I have a problem understanding like what insane is because <laughs> I mean I, I get it. Like it was okay, so there's two things. One is like it was really interesting to play shows. Like I, mm. I remember sitting in at the venue after sound check, kind of Feeling like oh the show's not gonna really happen. I just because we it just everything kept getting canceled and postponed. And it it felt very surreal. Um, we did I think three shows right it, it, before the Omicron variant. So there was like this kind of place to to jump in and do a bunch of stuff before you know we realized that we're gonna be living with the pandemic. But I remember playing a show with a smell and we were you know and I and I, and I'm and I, I'm I've 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 become hypersensitive to like when I'm speaking and like uh you know like little droplets of spit come out or whatever. So, I, you know, of course, singing and, you know, I was I was just I don't know if I should like get near people. And I remember this girl just spit a mouthful of water in my face. And I was like, oh, man, too soon. Like, I, this is weird. You know, what I, it took me out of the of the zone sort of, you know, and I was like, oh, that, that's just bizarre. But um, I mean, as far as like insane and stuff, I mean, we just played last weekend at this place called the Madonna Inn. Um, it's this really interesting hotel up north a little bit. And um, we played with um, Kate Clover and Josie Cotton. Who are not hardcore um, bands, um, mm-hmm. but I think they have like the punk ethics in them. Obviously, if they're a part of this event, because it was a thing sura- uh, centered around John Waters um, giving a-, a-, a lecture and his film *Crybaby*. So it was like a, a really interesting thing. And so we played, you know, this in this hall to I think 500 people all seated in ch- in chairs at tables. <laughs> so it's like a- 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 as a hardcore band, it, it was it-, it was very challenging and it was very. Um, odd and it, it, I say this in an interest like in a in a sincere way it was like uncomfortable for us and I'm sure for the audience maybe it's more annoying to the audience but it's uncomfortable for us because it wasn't like we were opening It was not, uh, there was no audience interaction. It was just, it was very challenging as a performer, you know, and and as a performance of a band, it was very challenging. That, in retrospect, I think was more of the insane thing, more than like playing a show that like, where people act accordingly, like you would think in a hardcore show, you know? So to me, insane is like, well, that was that was fucked up and weird (laughs) opposed to like, oh, that was like fun and made sense. And people liked it, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. I've I've been seeing the photos
0: from that show and it looked like a good time. You're standing on the tables. Like everybody's just, you can see everybody laughing about you at it. (laughs) <laughs> like, you can see everybody having a good time yeah you know, I mean
1: just... it, it felt it felt really bizarre because I, I, I'm i pretty sure the majority of the people that were there were not there to see it I mean no one was there to see us <laughs> really but, <laughs> but regardless I, I think we ended up winning a, a, a lot of or gaining a lot of new fans that we would never have dis- we would never have discovered them they would never have discovered us any other way because I think they were there for something different that's that's artistically um you know jacked up and weird in its own sense so 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 then we were presented to these people and they they were really into it and i'm talking like and i mean this in like the best way like genuinely weird people like freaks and that that's like what we really i mean that's who we are too you know so we were we were like oh like all these weird people are, are like psyched on our band you know this is really really cool we would never achieve this playing with other like like-minded or like- sounded bands you know it, it was like we were in this weird zone we won a bunch of fans or gained a bunch of fans doing this strange thing and then that was that's the real benefit in my opinion so yeah yeah man like it looked, like
0: I, i'm i really want to see you guys because like first all, i'm a big fan of you in general like i said Thanks. because i've seen you play download Festival with dead, uh, dead cross mm. and what a fucking show man like it was just <laughs> it was so fun like, because I'll get it, obviously, I'll get it Dead Cross later, because, again, that band is, that changed my life, that band. But, huh. like, like, seeing it, your energy on stage, you always give
1: 110%, man. It, that's, I mean, I appreciate that. It's weird that you say that, because for me, I, that festival, or most festivals are, are very, um um I don't know what the right word is. I, I just i feel disconnected from obviously from the audience because the audience is so far away and there's no exchange of energy between the band and the and 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 the and the people that are there Mm -hmm. to participate but also like the stage is so massive so you know like the dead cross guitarist mike he's so far over there to the other side like i i want to i need that energy you know i think we all need that energy that's a, a very important thing for um you know aggressive or, or punk uh, or, or hardcore music you know you you need that energy that that not only from the crowd but from your other bandmates so I just remember like there's a photo uh, of me and Dave where I'm like standing on the drum rides or just like like you know connecting with them yeah. and it's like man, where have you been all, all, all set like, he's <laughs> way over there you know so I had to like I just had to go like get in his face and like you know, obviously we're not speaking uh, a language, but we're, we're speaking uh, like telepathically, I suppose, you know, through through music. And so it was this thing happening, which I don't know. So festivals are always kind of jarring because I think the day after that festival, we played at the, um, the underground is what, is it in, in London. And it was just yeah. like it was nuts, you know, like just complete. That was that's insanity. You know, like the show was yeah. super fucked up in a great way. Those are the shows what I think are that are more um, I don't know special Uh, yeah
0: yeah really personal in a way of course
1: yeah and and also there was extreme exchange of energy like people were like in our faces and and we were in theirs and that was I think more important than playing like festival that you mentioned or other festivals where it's kind of just everything is is spread out geographically at at, you know whatever like it just seems odd also I, I I look at this you know this big you know lot and there's like all these yeah. people just kind of like oh, whatever you know and we're playing because that's i think that's a i think that's an important thing to like just kind of like have like casual onlookers you know might seem mm-hmm. kind of weird to me I, if i was to pay to go to a festival there'd probably be two bands out of the whole lineup that i really was like psyched yeah. about you know? and then there'd be all this stuff that i'm just like eh, whatever i mean i don't really want to be a and eh, whatever you know i, I mean i'm yeah. grateful that we get to play those things and people get yeah. to see us i guess we get new fans that way but but for the performance i I prefer the 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 like more intense sincere. Yes.
0: Yeah, like I really want to talk about your sound and where it came from because I'm such a fan of your bass tone. It is really really aggressive and I love it. So I want to know what inspires
1: you in music and what you're playing. Sure, um, uh, it, that's a good question. It's interesting to me because people are always asking as if I like concocted this thing you know, this grand idea. And a lot of it it, it has been like, um, just chance, you know, or, or, or luck, or I don't even know if luck exists. So I would say chance, but, um, you know it's interesting because I only I've only owned one base cabinet my entire life since I was really? 15 years old. Yeah, I just have the same base cabinet. I mean, I blew the speakers a lot, but I always am same cabinet. Um, I've only owned two different kinds of base heads. Um Whoa. the second so I I when I was younger, uh I got this. My first base head I got off a friend of mine was an acoustic, and then I sold that and got an ampeg SVT, and I've owned Three Ampeg SVTs, but I own, but like they're always like the original, not like the classic, they're from the 70s. Um, but but those that's just what I've always used. And I'm not exactly sure why I chose that. Um, it was right when the locust started. I I needed better gear. So I I, I bought a, an Ampeg SVT and, and I've stuck with it ever since. I w- I think I was kind of like I- explained to me that it's like the Ferrari of, of base Amps. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I'll never own a Ferrari, so I might as well just own an SVT, you know? <laughs> Um, they're not a very impra- they're not a very practical uh, amp to tour with because they're tubes they're vintage they're fu- extremely fucking heavy but regardless um, so I've only owned the that is my my setup and then as far as my guitar it's shifted from different bases here and there and, but once I discovered the Dan Armstrong which has 24 frets and it and it had it has like really low action I was able to play faster and um it really helped with my um developing a uh, style with uh, with pedals so uh, a lot of them would a lot of the pedal sounds would would sort of bottom out if you played too low on the on the on the on the fretboard so if i played high i could grab really interesting like synth based sounds which is more so what i've been like focusing on for the last 10 years or whatever but um and then as far as the pedals like it's all it's all chance again because uh i was really into the Line 6 FM4 pedal and they kept breaking on tour. And so I bought two, like a backup one. And at one point I had two on my pedal board for the hell of it. And I started running one into the other. And then I was like, oh, there's a new, there's, there's new shit happening because normal people wouldn't buy two and run one into the other and make it super fucked up. So I was like, okay, two of those. And then, you know, even like distortion, you know, I have this boss uh, drive pedal, which I bought on a whim because my, I, I was, I was all about big muffs and it. And my big muff broke. I was in Florida and I went to the Guitar Center and it was literally like two options. It was this, this boss overdrive distortion, drive pedal. And, and then there was some other pedal. I don't know if the other one. So I was just like, I'll just take, I'll just try that thinking because Guitar Center has a 30 day money back guarantee. So I was like, I'll just return it and like get what I need later when I can. I just needed something for that night. And when I got it, I was like, oh, this is, this thing's sick. I'm going to just keep this. So it wasn't like I was like, oh, I want to just try all the gear. It was, just, it was just all accident, you know, and and then and then I finally have found, I think, the sound um, and just kind of stuck with it. But people ask, you know, like this question, like it's like I have a, a like a grand plan or, or something. It, it's mm-hmm. really just like what. Kind of comes into my um, my orbit and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll try that out and then it works uh, or doesn't work or whatever. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask about because I always seen you played down like on the
1: high notes in the fret. I, I was going to ask that. I was like, why is it always down there? Because it- yeah, with distortion and the FM four pedal, one or two of them, the the Line Six, it, 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 there's tons of low end if you have that on. But if you go like anywhere past like the twelfth fret, it, it starts bottoming out. So it'll go like if you hit a note, it'll it, it'll, it'll It'll, it'll, i'm sorry i'll try to articulate it. it'll it go yeah, yeah. Ear! It'll like it'll <laughs> drop it'll drop out like i don't even know what it's like it's is you that know, what I
0: mean. you hear on church of the motherfuckers
1: yeah it's two uh it's two of the line sixes and it's it's yeah. It's almost not really a musical sound. I mean, it, there's a note being played, but I, I'm pretty sure that you know if you if you were trying to try to pick it out, it's 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 for, it's pretty fucked up. but it's not what I'm trying to explain with when when I drop down past like the the eleventh yeah. fret or something where it', where it will like it'll it'll kind of it'll dip. it'll be like a note and then and then it'll shift. Yeah. that's something that's something that I don't want to do. That's why I always play really high up past the twelfth fret. Because it doesn't drop out of the note, but on Church of the Motherfuckers, I'm running through two Line Six FM fours, one into the other, and it it just makes it like a, a very unpleasant sound. Um, yeah. Each note is it. It sounds like a you know like a truck engine or a, or like a spaceship engine or something. I don't know what spaceship engines sound like, but <laughs> it sounds like some kind of engine, you know. And that's that was kind of what I was going for.
0: Yeah, man. I want to talk about the Locust, something so special. And when I discovered that band. It was like, what the fuck is this? It's like 30 second songs, like in every album, it's so wild and technical. So I want to know your inspiration for writing those type of songs. <clears throat> um, I think it's,
1: I think a lot of it has to do with just the people involved. And, yeah. and um, I mean, The Locust is interesting because there was a little bit of shifting and changing with our lineup in, this, in the beginning, but the four of us, once we kind of honed in on, on like, um, right before we did Plague Soundscapes with Gabe Serbian on drums, everything for the most part became about the drums. So we'd come to the rehearsal with, with riffs or songs or parts And we would try to work them in with drums. And if the drums got better, we were always um, we weren't too attached to our riff to to change the riff for for the bigger picture of having a more insane or cooler drum beat or whatever. So a lot of it was really built around the drums. And then we kind of built from there, uh, riffs, and then vocals, and then and then you know fine tuned the song. But it's it's pretty ridiculous when we when we rehearse and when we write because we'll spend you know two months writing 20 seconds worth of music and then we'll scrap it and we'll start over. You know it just it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense um but it's fun and challenging to be in a room with those other three people because i think that they're all uh, i love them and and um i think but i think they're all like impeccable at their at their at their instruments at their crafts and and, and that's really important it also for me because i get to i get to play with with them um on on that level so as weird as it could be or frustrating as it might be trying to write stuff and then scrapping it or just finding finding the like minutia in every little simple every little thing in there you know like going down like to the dna of a of a riff it just it it does get a little frustrating it's complete opposite of of like um, a dead cross like a dead cross it's like oh here's the song and then you know that's it and you know i mean we do fuck with it a little bit but but for the most part those songs are completely different than how the locust is um which is fine um yeah, they just it, it all it's all different. But with the locust, it's it's it is ridiculous how how the band writes. Yeah, Matt, Like
0: I heard you. Well, I watched the interview with you, and I was amazed when you said there's times you just. Changed 12 seconds of a song sometimes like the ending of a song I was thinking that's very like Frank Zappa kind of style he would change like a solo every night if you know what I mean
1: I mean Frank Zappa's awesome I, I went yes. to the same high school that he did not that that matters but I, but, <laughs> I, Frank's, but even like that might be kind of interesting because it was I was when I was when I went to when I started high school I was into you know the obvious punk uh, you know like Dead Kennedys and 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 like Suicidal tendencies and stuff, but everyone kept saying like Frank Zappa, so he he got on my my radar at an early age, and I think I think that was a good thing too because I think subconsciously having him in my um, you know I guess my brain's musical collection helped me kind of get into like weirder stuff like like the residents or, or or something you know like i i felt it felt like very very normal to um indulge in listening to stuff that is like that where it is where it isn't like so obvious uh you know with, with some of frank zappa's work yeah man like
0: was a big inspiration for you Frank Zappa?
1: i mean i wouldn't say a big inspiration but it was definitely an inspiration i think it was a launching point for me to get into things like yeah. you know john zorn or 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 mr bungle or 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 stuff stuff that was uh you know okay i don't know i don't know how this i don't know how no means no feels about frank zappa but but i do think that no means no was a huge um influence for me musically and i and i do feel that like maybe the no means no thing kind of came out of the frank zappa um you know lineage of whatever i was ex- exposed to because I, I do think like i was into punk i was you know into hardcore i was mm-hmm. in, it was like really I was almost like, there's almost like two, two lanes, you know, like this one is going to veer off and this is like, you know, like regular, regular hardcore. I don't know, like, you know, minor threat to, to like, uh, you know, to, um, chain of strength, whatever, you know, those those kind of bands, like just regular, like hardcore, or there was like the weirdo shit, you know, and it was like, no means no, you know, and then it was just, and then it was just like, how, how fucked up can I, can I go from there, you know, and got into like just stranger and stranger shit. And then, and then also playing music growing up, you know, listening to like bands like Antioch Arrow and Click Attack Atowie, or even, you know, Men's Recovery Project. That was a big shift to like, where I, I started seeing like different elements of music brought to, I don't even think any of those bands are hardcore, but you know what I'm saying? Like this sort of like noisy, aggressive punk thing have had like different influences. And that was, I think really important to me because then I was able to go like, oh, we can experiment with whatever we have you know I think that's the thing with bands nowadays
0: they can't they're so scared to experiment with stuff in a way that, like first of all I'm a big Mr. Bungle fan mm. massive fan and they've got one like, of the best players, best players in the world <laughs> Mr.
1: <laughs> Trevor Dunn man like he's yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. He, and he's, he's the, amazing the, human being as well so
0: that's I've like heard it, that yeah I heard that yeah. about him man like he's yeah. so nice
1: yeah, but, he is amazing. When um, you
0: when you got the chance to see Trevor Dunn play, what was that like? It's funny. I mean, I,
1: um, so I was watching him play in in in, in with when the Locust toured them was like the first thing. And and this is no offense to Trevor, but like when I watched Phantomos for me, it was all about Dave because that yeah. drum set he had was just jacked up and fucked up. <laughs> I, was, I I mean, it was it was great to see Trevor and Buzz and obviously mike but but it, but to watch dave play on this kit and then to try to figure out like the, the 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 way the songs were written and 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 the and the signatures the time signatures and like how things work was was more like where i was focused but really what i w- with trevor's bass playing was retox um got to tour with melvin's light and so he was playing uh, a stand up bass and that was a pretty fascinating thing for me to watch and to and to see because not only did uh Melvins who's like a you know legendary band shift with and have this stand up bass it was just it, there was so many things that were bizarre because for one i respect Trevor as a musician uh, and i love him as a person but then he was playing this stand up bass in this like super mean you know heavy band it was the it was just weird and so you want to talk about experimentation like there was some serious shit happening right there and i and I, and I felt like, you know, at home watching, watching that band or listening to that band, because I was like, oh, this is bizarre. You know, that, that inclination uh, with, with Trevor on, on the, on stand-up bass. Um, Anyhow, so since then I've seen Trevor do like uh, improv stuff uh, and other, other things, you know, and then, and then obviously recently, more recently with Mr. Bungle. So yeah, that guy's awesome. And his bass playing is, is impeccable.
0: Yeah, I don't think you could put two better people together, Mike Patton and Trevor Dunman. Like you just couldn't put two more insane people together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Trevor's insane. He seems, he seems very grounded and and. Yeah. and- and focus, and not that not that Patton's not, but Patton is like, and he, I mean, I love the guy, and I, and this, is, and also he's insane in in like the best way, you know. But um, yeah, have you spoke to Patton recently? How is he doing? Uh, I think he's doing, um, he's decent. Uh, we we speak. Well, we're we're wrapping up the the end of the new um, album, the new LP. So so it's um, just kind of fine tuning a few things here and there. So we yeah. we do talk. It's mainly about there's two things we do talk about the band and about the record and stuff like that. And then then there's, like, these, like, weird um, text threads that the band does, which I always joke and say it's, like, they're, like, dad um, text threads, Um, which is funny because Dave's the only dad in in the band as far as I know. But um, it's just, it's, like, memes and shit. I'm, like, I don't have time for this, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because
0: I I know we cancelled these tours because, obviously, for mental health stuff. So I I, I was worried about them, you know, because I'm a big fan of the man. And I just thought I would ask, just to let everybody know how he's doing you know yeah um
1: Mm -hmm. i mean he's he lives in san francisco so i I haven't seen him in 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 a long time actually uh since the bungle shows so i haven't i haven't actually seen him in person since since i saw him perform with those bungle shows which was shortly after we recorded the music for the dead cross record and then and then Mm -hmm. a lot of time has passed and a lot of stuff has happened so um it uh i think he's doing better i mean he he's he certainly is was better and finished you know the the vocals for the new album and stuff mm-hmm. which is um which is great and I'm grateful for but I, I yeah I think he's doing better i'm not I'm not at liberty to really speak um
0: yeah, yeah that's fine though i just uh, i thought i thought would ask you know i like,
1: I'd, I'd rather take the chance and ask him than
0: sure you know, uh, yeah you know
1: <laughs> but, uh, i think um i think a lot of artists um struggle with different issues um be be it you know um, their own uh, mental well-being and I and I think um I think some of us have ways of, of dealing with it coping with it ignoring it um, fighting it whatever you you know or, or 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 becoming a victim to it it's been I think I mean if you a lot of humans do But I think a lot of artists Struggle with, with those issues uh, Mental health issues Are really important And I think I think maybe The reason why A lot of artists Are the way or, or, A lot of artists Are in fact Even artists Is because They are trying to Somehow sort of Process mental health Their own mental health Or the world That they have been You know Kind of subjected to So It's a massive topic It's it's Yeah, it's oh,
0: yeah. I don't like awesome Go down that rabbit hole I want to move on to Death Cross What can you tell us About the new album
1: um well this is no no disrespect to anybody in the band or our first album but this album we spent actual time on so the yeah. first record kind of just happened by accident and even like when we we even recorded it with it with with gabe serbian as the singer so we recorded it not really knowing that mike would be our singer so once yeah. you know that happened uh and we wrote the second record with that in mind so So the new record has a little bit more, um, I don't even know what, it seems like a a little more thought out. It seems a little bit more, it seems darker. It seems um, a bit more serious because I think on, I think, um, I think on the first album, we were trying to figure out what we were doing even before Patton was in the band, but also we were really rushed to, to write a live set, which became the album. And so we were playing these songs that kind of seemed a little bit too punky, you know, or like, like cute, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. Like this this okay. album seems a little bit like more nastier, I guess. Or or more um, I don't want to say I don't want to say certain words that will throw people off, but it's it, it seems darker and um, a bit more serious. And I think that's cool. Um, I mean, there's still like the, the typical like punk or like Mike Patton kind of like antics or 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 are like thrash, you know, thrashy stuff. But there's some shit on there that's like that's deep and dark. And that's um, probably a, 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 in relation to where a lot of us in the band are at or even where this world is at, you know, because yeah. It was a weird time even writing the record was crazy Our recording the record was crazy because uh, our guitarist Mike Crane was was um, dealing with cancer and was going through chemotherapy and so it was it was I think us recording that record when he was dealing with cancer. Is the reason why he's still alive. So that kind of shit right there is pretty heavy, and I think that is translated in the in the record, um, in in a very in a very interesting way. Being part of that and seeing that, it it, it really taught me a lot. Um, also, dealing with Ross Robinson is incredible. So so there was like you know there's just a lot that that kind of came out of us as a band on the new record opposed to us as a band on the first record.
0: Yeah, how do you say make it nose, Okay.
1: Yeah, he's he's great, which is <laughs> just wild to me, you know, because you know there were times where like he was a, he was scared and you know very upset, and then there was times where he was his body was being depleted from chemo, and now it's like that motherfucker seems totally fine, you know, like he just like. <laughs> Cruising around with his dogs and like busy, you know, working and, and doing all kinds of stuff, did other bands and stuff. So like, yeah, I'm glad that he fought it. That guy's a very lucky human being. I think yeah. um, he's very lucky, and and I and I, But I I think with that being said, I I think he he appreciates that aspect um he's, yeah. I, he's grateful for what he's um successfully avoided
0: <laughs> in, in life yeah, uh, yeah like, he's, like he's such a good musician like he's just one well, of the coolest hardcore like guitarists ever and his band cunts is just
1: such a cool band <laughs> yeah i mean I, I was always a fan of, uh, of of him from the start when i met him in the festival of dead deer that was a band that i just thought was in was just incredible and insane and so I, that was something that i um i just thought he he was, like, fantastic. You know, anyhow, so so the Festival of the Deer led to Retox, and then Retox led to um, Dead
0: Cross. Yeah, man. Uh, so what can you tell me about recording with those three guys? Because, one, I'm a big Mike Patton fan, big Lombardo fan, big fan of you, obviously, like I said, and big fan of me. And these are all amazing musicians. Thanks. Um... Recording
1: is strange. Um, <clears throat> in in a in a, in, a, in a I'm not trying to be like negative. You know, it's just it's strange with the band because for one, um, so 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 Dave and and and, and Mike Crane uh, are both based in Los Angeles. So a lot of times they would kind of already be in the rehearsal space jamming and have the the skeletons of a of us of, of, of songs. You know, and so I would show up because it's like a three-hour drive. So I would show up and there would already be sort of material to work with. You know, and um, um, so there's that. And we never really wrote with. Mike Patton um we kind of just wrote and then and then we would send it to him and he because he was up in San Francisco so we'd send it to him and he would kind of give us points the, and the, the the cool thing about working with all of these guys is that nobody's um I mean I think everybody has an ego but like nobody has like a, an ego in the band where it's like this is my riff or this is how like this is shitty or that you know like there's none of that like there's no negativity in the songwriting which I think is really important everybody seems very open and um and respects the other people's input and and looks at this bigger picture so so it's really really cool and everybody's i think open to 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 being challenged and that's that's rad too because um, you know, I, I, I think that that's um, a, a flaw with a lot of bands where they kind of just find a niche or a, they find their path and they just kind of stick to it and they don't they don't like uh, welcome any any kind of I don't I don't know like input, but like just anything to like maybe make it different or better, you know, or more interesting because ultimately at the end of the day, and this isn't like a, this isn't me trying to be a dick, but like I don't really want to write music for other people. I want to write it for myself. and if other people like it, that's great. but the the main reason is like, this is what I wanted to play, you know, with these people, I want to, I want to do this. And that, that should be the the most important part. Not like, will they like this or will this be successful or fucking how many streams or whatever? Like, it's just, do we want to do this? I think that's the best part. And And in that process, if someone's like, Hey, you should try harder or like do this differently or, or be open to experimentation or constructive criticism. And I, and I, and I think that that's cool that everybody in, Dead cross is on that level i am really grateful for that um it makes it fun at the end of the day and interesting you know? Yeah.
0: yeah no, and also you've got some of the greatest musicians in the world you know <laughs> you've got
1: yeah one of the, greatest, the greatest drummer in the world probably yeah it's, it's it's pretty wild like it's pretty wild dave has the has the most insane sort of like because i'm so used to playing with gabe serbian who's from the locust who's very angular and 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 dave has this like just this swagger—that's—that's—it's um, so crazy. So so um, those those two drummers are my favorite. Well, I have, a, I have other favorite drummers, um, Scott from um, Def Club as well, but and and Kevin Avery. Anyhow, there's but those two guys, like I I I worked with the most, you know, and I sort of fixate on on their ability and their style and their 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 delivery, their technical, you know, their technical realm, I suppose. But it's crazy with Dave because, and I'm not trying to, to date him, but he's you know, he's a he's a he's a, a slight generation ahead of or older than us. So 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 for me and Mike Crane, it, we're always like, yo, you should check out this this band, you know, like you should check out Angel Hair, or you should check out um, you know, you know, Aniak like Antioch or Clickatakawi or a lot of the stuff that we grew up in Southern California, like getting into, you know, you should check out these bands or even even stuff like Converge or Warsaw Was Raw, like. You should you should hear these things. You should hear these, you know, and he's like, "Whoa, this is wild, you know, so so, um, which I think also too this, i'm I'm jumping all over the place, and I apologize, but I also think oh, yeah. that's partially why Dave really likes Gabe's drumming because it kind of came from another world, you know, and 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 a musician or an artist can respect their 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 comrades when they're doing their own kind of thing. So, um, I don't know, I don't know what my point of this was. My point is, <laughs> Dave's awesome, and he has like the 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 coolest. Um, he just has like mad swag when he plays. It's fucked up in a weird way, and and he, like I, maybe it's because he's Cuban. I don't I don't know. Like he's just got. He has like he's just interested in other things, and that and that translates in into what he creates artistically. Yeah, not like his career is something so special. <laughs> like, you
0: know, Slayer, but Suicide tendency Tendencies, you guys, and yeah. the Misfits, man. And the Misfits were a big inspiration on me, you know, like, and I'm a bass player. Well, you, I picked up playing hardcore because of you, believe it or not. Oh, thanks. Uh,
1: sorry. sorry. <laughs>
0: I, I just want to thank you for that as well because man like um me and my friend are like making a hardcore band again like we've got to produce it ourselves we've got the like the rigging and everything going you know we've got a studio and he's home so we have just got to sit and not give a fucking just get everything ourselves going oh yeah of course uh-huh. i mean
1: that's what everybody should do i mean that's yeah. i think that's what that's the only way to start it you know i mean mm-hmm. yeah anyhow you should i think you, that's great you should just do it put yeah. it out there see what happens I, like, uh, i've got one question for you I've, I've been doing this with every interview i've been doing
0: you got five albums uh, in, the, in the world to listen to for the rest of your life yeah what are, they, what are they and
1: why wait five albums that that i that my collection or that i've been on uh, uh, uh in your collection what are they and why and these questions are fucked up because <laughs> like why only five or like you can't only do five you know but um okay so this is just off the top of my head and there's there's way more than five so so i'll just say that right now because i'm gonna miss a bunch of shit but but things that stood out to me were the first danny record which with the spray painted cover um, was something that totally changed the game for me. That was uh, that just blew my mind. Um, so that record, the uh, No Means No Wrong, is another one mm-hmm. which ties into my, the bass playing thing. That's that really sort of changed my perception of bass players and what I could possibly do as a bassist. The First Drive Like Jehu record, yeah, hands down one of the best records ever. It holds up 100% in 2022, I think that is like one of the best records ever to exist um so that's three you know uh, also as a child i was obsessed with the sex pistols and their aesthetic their tie or their their influence from the situationists which is a big influence on me nowadays um and i think the sex pistols were really good and i love Nevermind the bullocks but i think the early pil stuff was was really Mm -hmm. what kind of like connected with me because let's face it most of the sex pistols music is is basically pop music at this point and that's fine Um, that record helped me as a, as a 10 year old It helped me survive. Uh, I think maybe without that, I I wouldn't be where I am or here. So, um, but it was really discovering the early PIL stuff, um, metal box, but, but specifically flowers of romance, that record is just so weird. And then also later becoming friends with Martin Atkins and kind of getting a little bit more information on how that record was recorded Mm -hmm. was, is very informative and, um, really makes a lot of sense to me as to why it was an influential record. So let's go with flowers of a man. So that's four, maybe skate rock volume two um, is an important record or sorry. Yes. Thrasher skate rock volume two. Um, Fuck. I think it's, I think it's volume two because I was into skateboarding and someone I was in skateboarding. I was into stuff that was like bound to get me to punk rock, but I was like, you know, it was like the first beastie boys record. And, um, Mm -hmm. Like I really like this band Sig because they were on Ferris Bueller's Day Off movie, stuff like that. But it was like skateboarding and going to this, this, um, this Vans um, skate shop where this, this punk dude worked was like, yo, you need to, you need to buy this, this record, this cassette, you need to buy this because if you're into skateboarding, you should like this kind of stuff. And, and I didn't really know. And I was like, okay. And that record had septic death on it, which is like hugely, hugely influential and important for me with like brutal absurd fast music so so septic death but but that compilation had so much cool shit on it and then i ended up getting the vinyl the 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 cover is like the top of a skateboard it looks it just looks awesome which ties into another realm of my why i would pick that record because the packaging is is insane and and i think that that is a thing that has really been a big deal to me through my uh, musical endeavors um, and starting a record label. Like these things were really important, the packaging of something awesome. Um, So I'll just say that. Thrasher volume, Skate Rock volume two, uh, Antiac Arrow, Drive by Jehu, No Means No. I forgot what the other one was. Oh, Flowers of Romance. Yeah. So there we go.
0: I love asking the questions. I love annoying people with it. So, <laughs> but honestly, just I want to give you a minute just to tell everybody what you've got going on, promote whatever you've got going on, like your label, sure. What, any albums you've got coming up? Any shows on you? Yeah, like.
1: I'm. Uh, I mean, shows. You know, uh, Def Club has like some stuff, and uh, the Locust has some stuff, and then there's a new Deaf Club EP that comes out next month, and then the Dead Cross record comes out sometime this year. Um. I don't know which date just yet but towards the end of the year it'll it'll come out and then um 31G has a bunch of stuff coming out that I want to talk about but it, but it's not been announced yet so um there's four new releases on 3 G's um you know raw catalog that, that that will be announced soon so yeah there's a lot going on um a lot uh which is cool um so it's a strange time so yeah <laughs> yeah
0: hey, man. listen man thank you so much for doing this I feel and appreciate it
1: yeah thank you for for having me and <sighs> thank you for being interested uh I I appreciate that as well
0: yeah that's no problem dude. Everybody- check out death club dead cross satanic planet you know everything else this guy's doing it's awesome justin thank you so much man thank you very much i appreciate it all right cheers thank you cool thanks